With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Show. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I am joined with Casey Carroll from the Action Advertising Agency. Casey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Now, before we tell folks the really cool stuff that you are up to now in your agency, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about how you get started. Absolutely. Yeah. So the funny thing is, you know, I've like most other entrepreneurs, I've been through multiple different businesses now at this point, and I went through a phase where I was trying to be a real estate flipper. That didn't pan out. Um, I tried, you know, flipping cars from Japan at one point. That didn't pan out. Um, and the funny thing is, at one point, you know, I, I actually was in, in two different businesses at the same time, none of which were, were really businesses that I thought were a good fit for me. And I kind of had to just basically start from scratch at 31 and decided to go all in on Facebook advertising. And it's probably the best decision I made, but had it not been for a lot of that other stuff I went through before, I would have probably never went, uh, went down this path in the first place. Okay. Let's go back one second because you, in between the sandwich, there was, you said flipping houses, which I'm sure everybody here is everyone. All of our listeners know what that means. Then you said some other stuff in the middle. It sounded like you said flipping cars in Japan. From Japan, yeah. So back when I was just graduating from college, I was uh, obsessed with these cars from Japan, right-hand drive. You know, you can't really get them legally in the United States. But I was looking at loopholes uh, in which you can actually import cars and parts. And then, you know, as long as you're actually putting the car back together as if it's like, you know, building it from scratch kind of a scenario, then you can actually title it as a kit car. Uh, so I was fascinated about a lot of, I mean, I've always been interested in business back in, you know, high school. I was actually trying to, uh, you know, flip computer electronics and stuff, but, uh, but it's kind of one of those things where I've always had that entrepreneurial bug, you know? And so going to the car thing when I was in my early twenties, 
Uh, I was absolutely in love with Japanese cars, right-hand drive cars, turbocharged, you know, the Fast and the Furious type stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and so I decided that I wanted to take it upon myself to do something that uh, none of my friends have ever done before and, and no, one, no one really knew how to do. So I kind of had to figure it out as I went. But it was, uh, it was a massive failure. So it's not like I, <laughs> it's not like I, I really uh, – and, and again, hey, you know, I think I learned a lot from that whole scenario too. Like, hey, maybe it's not the greatest idea if you don't know how to put cars together to, to import a car and parts and then see what happens, right? So, uh, so it was, it was obviously a learning lesson, but it was definitely a lot of fun too. <laughs> that is too funny. Uh, we, we could probably spend a lot of time on learning from the failures of that business and learning how you create demand for people who want to drive on the wrong side in the U S but that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. Oh, yeah. uh, you decided to go all in on Facebook advertising. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. Who was your first client? How did that get started? What did you do for them? Yeah, so my very first client was uh, November 21st of 2016. I remember it vividly. Um, and it was a chiropractor. So, you know, going into the starting a you know, Facebook advertising agency when beforehand I was actually part of a creative agency at the time uh, was a very big difference as far as like what I was, what I was trying to accomplish. So I started first just basically taking on any kind of client that I can get my hands on just to kind of see exactly like which niches that I wanted to go down. And of course, all my mentors told me you should go niche specific. So what did I do? I literally picked 20 different niches <laughs> and did the exact opposite of what I was told to do. But, but through the process, I did learn that I liked working with a couple different niches and then ended up um, actually, actually scaling a lot of those niches for the most part. Um, I work with chiropractors and specialty medical um, in addition to also working with auto dealers. I know it's not necessarily the most congruent of niches to work with, but, um, but as far as, as uh, the kind of niches that I enjoy working with, I, I realize I like working with both of them. So I ended up actually just picking both of those and scaling that. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see chiropractic, dental, med spa, all kind of going together because they're professional yeah. practices. And then obviously the auto is completely different. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about what you're doing for those professional practices, because that is more of our client base than the car dealers. Perfect. Talk a little bit about what you're doing for the chiros, the dentists, the med spas, and kind of what you do for them and how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So with, you know, here's the thing, you know, a lot of Facebook advertising agencies kind of believe that they are a lead generation business um, in which all they do is they generate quote unquote new leads for, for chiropractic offices or dental offices. What I've learned along the way though, after losing a bunch of clients in the very beginning was that if you provide just leads to chiropractors, dentists, or med spas, then you're going to be out of a client pretty soon. Uh, because the reality is there's there's two parts of, of, of the reason why a new patient, you know, either comes into a chiropractic office or a dental office, et cetera. And, and it's really more focused around actually having a very good and strong sales process or conversion process in addition to having traffic. So a lot of times with, and, and my business is, is specifically geared towards not only producing traffic for um, these sorts of businesses, but also working through a lot of their, their problems in their business. So for example, what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you, if you got a chiropractic office where the majority of your clients and patients are coming from referrals, then it becomes kind of a, a problematic element because when you bring on, you know, a new lead that walks in, you're going to be expecting that they're going to sell and close the same way that a referral would. Um, so I work with, you know, doctors on refining these processes, eliminating no-call, no-shows, or at least getting close towards eliminating no-call, no-shows, um, you know, improving their, their average, you know, number of visits per week, improving their monthly collections, uh, but also doing so in a way that that is um, a systematic approach so that they can actually handle more scale if they wanted to. Um, and so for me, the really, the, the one thing that I really care about the most is, 
how many actual new paying patients are you bringing on? How many, how much is your, is your collections actually raising by? I don't care about the number of leads or the cost per lead because that's not really a good metric to focus on considering the fact that leads don't necessarily pay your bills. It's actual money in the bank patients that do. So I don't care about necessarily as much about leads. And that's kind of where I differ from a lot of other agencies like myself. Yeah, absolutely. That is very, very different and, and probably much resonates much better with the professional practice owner because it's more about the actual literal bottom line numbers in their pocket, as opposed to a vanity metric that they may not necessarily see in their wallet. So love that. So obviously you've worked with, have extensive experience in the area over the last couple of years. What are you seeing some of the biggest mistakes that let's say an orthodontist or a dentist is making that you guys help them fix? So a lot of times I will say as far as the, the attraction of new patients, oftentimes the, the offer that you run with in the very first step is probably the most important thing. So there's a lot of doctors that I have to I have a lot of pushback with, even with our orthodontists about saying, hey, rather than incentivizing a, a person to come buy, you know, Invisalign or six month smiles or whatever from you, rather than incentivizing the purchase, incentivize the experience because the sale has to come after the experience. The goal is to drive traffic into the office, not necessarily to drive a, a transaction via a coupon or something like that. So, um, so it's really been, I think, with a mindset shift on what you're actually trying to accomplish here. It's, it's, you can't sell people unless they actually are sitting in your chair, in your office. Um, so the focus is always to change the structure of those offers um, into incentivizing that experience. So what I mean by that is, for example, like, you know, with, with a, with a orthodontist campaign, it might be, uh, you know, free exam uh, with a $500 off or free consultation scenario with, with maybe up to $500 off any sort of Invisalign or six months miles purchase. Um, so, so the focus there in the beginning is to obviously have the exam slash consultation. And then also if they walk in and they choose to move forward, then you actually can use that $500 coupon towards, towards the discount of the purchase. But a lot of, a lot of the biggest mistakes that I tend to see is that a lot of the focus is saying, Hey, $500 off Invisalign, click here to, to claim. Well, well, that means that someone has to commit to purchasing rather than saying, hey, I don't know if I actually want to buy from you. I don't know if, if I walk into your office, I'm gonna, if I'm going to like what I see, if I'm going to have a good experience, I'm going to feel like you're truly going to take care of me as your patient. So you have to always take a step back and really think of things from the bigger picture. Like, would you rather download a coupon where you have to buy? And, and obviously Invisalign is not cheap, right? Um, where you get maybe you know 500 bucks off of several thousand dollars worth of product. Or would you rather say, hey, I don't know if I want to buy from you yet, but I'm going to walk in. I'm willing to give you a shot. And then if I choose to move forward from there, um, I get that coupon. So I found that that's a huge mistake that happens all the time. Another mistake that I tend to see is especially going back to what I was saying before about referrals. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses, whether it's dental, whether it's med spas or whether it's chiropractic or any sort of medical, if you deal with a lot of scenarios where you are bringing in referrals consistently, and that's been your, your, your plan the entire time. Um, the, the problem is when you switch over to a scenario where you actually do a lot of cold traffic, like what, what you would do with, with Facebook advertising, for example, and there is a, a massive incongruency between referrals and also cold traffic realistically. And so if you if your sales process is exactly the same, you're going to say the lead quality is terrible. These, these people coming from Facebook are not good patients, blah, blah, blah. You're going to blame the lead quality when the reality is the, the scenario is you have to focus on selling differently to different types of audiences. Um, and so having a one size fits all sales approach doesn't work. 
And then that's where, you know, that's another big mistake. But on top of that too, you know, not having good processes for, for eliminating no call, no shows. There's a lot of reasons why I wrote a LinkedIn article about, about why no call, no shows happen um, and how to improve those sort of numbers. Um, not having a system in place to try to systematically, you know, ask for referrals after the, 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 the process, or even just checking in and seeing, Hey, for people that I haven't, you know, I haven't touched in a long time. Am I building a database that I can touch with afterwards that I can follow up with these individuals? Cause the fortune is really in the follow-up. So these are all, a list of I, I probably have a lot more you know things that I see that that it could be um, improved upon but but those are kind of the biggest mistakes I tend to see consistently okay you there was a whole lot of writer downers in that in, in that answer so I think one of the I liked your so it's almost like a dating analogy because by getting them selling the coupon so to speak you're asking them to make a buying decision before they've ever even met you Yes. Um, when, if you had just met someone in the first, if you had just seen a pretty girl's picture on Facebook, you wouldn't immediately ask her to go home with you, right? Right, right. Or it's like saying, hey, look, I'm going to go to the, the hottest girl in the bar and ask her if she wants to marry me. Well, that's a commitment. I mean, so getting people to commit to something before they realize it, do they like you? Do they trust you? If they like you and they trust you, then you can ask for a commitment. But if they don't know you and they don't like you, asking them to make a financial commitment to you is exactly like going to the hottest girl in the bar and asking them to marry you, you know? And so because of all those scenarios, you, you really have to kind of take a step back and say, look, would I do that? Yeah. Ask yourself the question. If I saw, if I was in, in my, my personal ideal client's shoes or, or, you know, patient's shoes, and I saw something like that, is that really something that I would actually want to move forward with? And most of the time, people have a hard time trying to put themselves in their ideal client's shoes. And as a result, you know, what they end up doing is creating ineffective advertising because they want to go straight towards marriage versus let's date first. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the example of the path to human intimacy might, you know, have some very, very strong applications in marketing intimacy as well. Yes. Um, obviously, you've come a long way in a very short period of time. What do you like best about what you do? So for me, I hear stories all the time. Like, for example, you know, my very first, you know, uh, chiropractor client, he's, he's what his, you know, his, his monthly collections have tripled um, ever since him and I started working together two and a half years ago. And what it's done is it produces more jobs in the community. Um, you know, when you have a purpose-driven business where your goal is to help others make more money or help others serve more people or be able to spread the word of their message in, in a way that you can do at a much larger scale, uh, to me, that, that really gets me super excited about knowing that there really truly is a massive impact considering like with chiropractors because most of them, most of my clients are chiropractors um in, in those scenarios if 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 i can avoid someone from needing to do a a uh, or, you know, wanting to do it like a back surgery, for example, or if I can keep someone off of opiates, you know, and not needing to be on painkillers consistently. Um, you know, one of my types of doctors is a neuropathy doctor and, and knowing that, you know, we can get people off of gabapentin is, is phenomenal. And I've got a type two diabetes doctor where there's, you know, people who have diabetes shave 10 years off their life and it can cost $80,000 over the course of the rest of their life for having type two diabetes. And there is, uh, you know, for many, for many different patients, of course, not everyone, but there are uh, programs where we can actually Actually bring type 2 diabetes in remission. And so knowing full well that not only am I helping my clients, but I'm also helping my clients serve a much larger percentage of their population that they wouldn't have otherwise by, you know, not needing people to die 10 years earlier, not needing people to spend $80,000, not needing to be on gabapentin for the rest of your life, you know, wanting to feel like you want to cut off your hands and feet, et cetera. Um, or even if it's as simple as someone just having the confidence of a straight smile um, and, had a, and knowing that I had something to do with that actual that end, that end transaction. To me, yeah, I'm making the world a better place through, through the business that I run. And what I really love about that is I know full well that that's actually happening through the feedback that I'm getting from my clients. 
Yes, the I would imagine the ripple effect is significant and obviously very exciting. Um, I can certainly speak to that from our own experience working in some of those niches as well. So that's what you like best about what you do. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge? You know, I think one of my biggest challenges for the longest time was was systems and process. So I'm really great personally at um, creating campaigns to convert through analyzing large sets of data to determine uh, what are what's the truth, what's the signal and the noise, um, and being able to capitalize on that and helping my clients do that. But you know, for for producing as far as the product's concerned, I'm great. I'm not necessarily the greatest uh, entrepreneur to the point where I can scale my business uh, exponentially because to me, you know, it's my my mindset's more so on making sure I have the best product possible, not necessarily uh, you know maybe having 80% of the ma- of a great viable product, but on top of that, being able to, to to scale and build systems. So that's the next thing I'm trying to tackle right now. Um, of course, you know, I'm, I also am very, very cautious about taking on the right kinds of clients too. So, um, you know, I, I learned that the hard way that, look, you know, I'm not for everyone. And my goal here is not necessarily to sell everyone. Um, for me, I, I go back to that dating analogy where it's like, look, you know, I don't have to commit to marrying, you know, or, or taking on certain clients. I'd rather date first. Let's have a couple of conversations first. Um, I want to know more information about your goals, et cetera. And, and to, and to really kind of filter through to make sure that there is that right fit before we move forward, because I could be a great partner um, if, if, if I'm picking the right kind of client, but if I'm not, uh, then it can be an absolute nightmare for myself and also for them. And it's just not a good fit. Right. So, so those are probably the biggest challenges really um, is, is, you know, always making sure I consistently find the right clients. And every once in a while, I still make a mistake here and there. Uh, but also on top of that too, you know, making sure that uh, I can grow systems process scale and start building um, a much larger team around myself. Cause I do have an employee um, and also a couple of contracts. But, but that's, that's kind of the biggest uh, challenges or the things that um, I'm not the, not, not the most great at. <laughs> Understood. I think obviously we've all got strengths and weaknesses in marketing. And if you're in marketing, you probably got into it because you love the marketing side first. Yeah. And then you only discover later that you actually have to learn how to run a business too. So I resemble <laughs> that remark significantly. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, I've got the scars to prove it. So <laughs> We all do. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So you've built an awesome business. You're getting great results. You're helping improve the world one prospect at a time um, for each client. That's absolutely awesome. Um, where do you see yourself kind of like in the next five years? What's next for the Action Ad Agency? So one thing I've really been doing a lot of as of this year is, is doing a better job, I think, of promoting myself through, a mul- through multiple, multiple channels. So for me, um, you know, my goal is to be able to help more people. And of course, the best way to do that is to bring on more clients in the process, right? So um, podcasts like this are things that I'm going to be focusing a lot more over the next five years. But, but to me, you know, I, I, rather than bringing on and saying, hey, I could have this massive, massive business in which I only produce maybe a fraction of the impact I do right now. To me, the I have a purpose-driven business. So I think five years from now, I will be growing, of course, don't get me wrong. I don't have a set goal right now exactly of what that looks like, but I don't really, I don't want to set revenue goals because I think when you focus on the money, you end up focusing on the wrong things. Instead, I want to focus more on obviously the number of clients I have or the number of patients I'm able to produce for those people specifically and having that number be exponentially higher year over year over year for the next five years or so. Because to me, of course, the money always follows value creation first. So if I create value, of course, the money follows. But but to me, I'd rather focus on, on, on making sure that my metrics are focused entirely on that value. So, you know, I'd like to see my business um, at least, you know, five to 10 times larger from the number of clients and the number of patients that I am able to help because of those clients uh, over the next five to 10 years or so. But you know, after that, 
I, to be brutally honest, I don't have really a long-term five-year master plan. I should probably create one. Uh, but, but for me, you know, obviously what got me to where I'm at right now is not going to get me to that next step. So, uh, so, you know, if we just loosely said to, to make the world a better place significantly more so than I am right now, I think we're probably okay with that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, fascinating story. Incredible success. Casey Carroll from the Action Ad Agency. Casey, we really appreciate your time. You know it's variable. Awesome interview. For folks who are wanting to learn more about the Action Ad Agency and what they do and how they can help you, please go to actionad.agency where you'll find all things Casey. Casey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Seth. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, and we will talk or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.